0: amigos And welcome to another episode of the Heavenly Toast Podcast. Today we're reflecting on the readings for the Feast of the Epiphany. So the Epiphany is uh, the manifestation of Jesus as the Messiah of Israel, Son of God and Savior of the world. That's a quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, and this is the time where the three magi from the East, uh, called kings, wise men, so on and so forth, come to Jerusalem to find out where this Savior of Israel, this King of Israel, is to be born. And I really think that the three wise men are great images for us to kind of reflect on, especially as we discern and kind of uh, recognize our relationship to God himself. Um, A lot of times we have a tendency to rely on our own strength In today's culture, we are pretty individualistic, where there's very much an attitude of like, well, I can do it because of X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm this strong person, and I can do it of my own will, of my own skill, and everything like that. But what we're reminded of in the second reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians is um, a little bit of a notion about revelation and about the nature of faith. So what St. Paul is saying to the Ephesians... Is he's talking about um, this sec this gospel that he's heard from God, and he's saying, uh, namely that it was the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to the apostles and other j- generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Uh, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, co-partners in the promise of Christ through the gospel. So Paul is talking about this universal nature of Christ's kingship, and of God's promise to humanity, certainly. But one of the things that he's highlighting is the fact that this was made known to him. And it's the same way with us. This revelation was made known to us. Christianity is this revealed religion. It wasn't something that people sat down and thought about and kind of came to this understanding, like you might get in a Platonic or Aristotelian worldview where I can sit in a corner, and if I think really hard, and I think the right thoughts, and I desire the right things, eventually I come to this knowledge. It's actually what he's saying is, it's God's initiative to reveal himself to us, to reveal himself through Christ Jesus, born in the manger in Bethlehem, crucified on Calvary. This is all revelation, it's on God's initiative, and as a result, This faith is not some, it's a theological virtue that we must put into practice, but it's not primarily a virtue of our initiative. It's not simply something that, you know, if I go off into a cave for years and I, you know, I fast, you know, on bread and water for months, that eventually I will have faith. Those things can certainly help bolster our faith. But faith is primarily an action on God's part, and our response to that action on God's part is what makes the virtue of faith truly come alive in us. And when we think about the figure of the wise men, these people who come from the East, this revelation that they have comes to them from the heavens. It's something that they are looking for, certainly, but it comes to them and they respond to it. This is something that I think is really important to us as we discern whether it's, you know, priesthood, religious life, marriage, you know, what our vocation in life is, or even just in the small decisions of everyday life, in that I think that there's this real self-reliance that we have a tendency to have where it's like, man, I'm going to bull in the china shop this, I'm just going to think really hard, I'm going to pray really hard, and boom, I'm going to be able to be this superstar saint dude. And I really think that this story that we have in Matthew's Gospel about these wise men coming from the East kind of disabuses us of that notion. So what happens here? The wise men see this star they saw they see the star at its rising and they go out and they set out on a long journey to jerusalem already we have something that's really key i think in the figure of the wise men is that they're looking at the stars they're looking for these revelations i think a lot of times we have a tendency to kind of be a a passenger a backseat driver when we come to mass we have a tendency to be like all right Come on, priest, entertain me. And I think that that's totally the wrong attitude to have. There should be a watchful expectation, not only at Mass, but also in our prayer lives, that we're expecting that we will meet God there. When the wise men arrive in Jerusalem, it's the same thing. They have this expectation that they're going to be able to find this newborn king of Israel and that he has been born They come in to Jerusalem and they don't say, well, hey, you know, I kind of, I had this vague idea that, you know, maybe there was going to be somebody born. No, they say, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw the star at his rising. We've come to do him homage." There's no doubt there. They came expecting that they would meet Jesus. And that expectation arises from this hopeful watchfulness that they had. They were looking out into the stars. Contrast that with the reaction of Herod and the court there. They are taken aback. They're surprised. They are greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why is that? Because they weren't really expecting and watching for these things. They were. Their hearts were weighed down with the anxieties of daily life, to use another biblical term. They weren't watchful, they weren't hopeful, they weren't faithful. they weren't seeking that revelation actively like the Magi were. So in all of this, I think that we have a great lesson for how we are to discern and in how we are to come into our lives of prayer. It's to be great hope and great expectation that we will meet God in our prayer, and that maybe he won't match our, match us move for move. Maybe we won't, you know, maybe we'll be surprised by what God has to tell us. I doubt that on this path from Persia to Jerusalem, that everything was, you know, all hunky-dory and that everything was perfect and that they knew exactly what was going to happen. That's a long trip and it's pretty evident that, you know, they're not going to see this star constantly. Maybe there's going to be moments of doubt in there. Maybe there's going to be times where we're not sure quite where to go. But the underlying message, I think, there is that when we have this hopeful, watchful expectation, we will arrive where God calls us to be, where God asks us to be, and where he puts us. I think that that's so, so critical to bring that mindset to prayer. Because if we come to prayer thinking, you know, oh, maybe God will, you know, come down to my lowliness and might answer my questions and might have a plan for my life, I think that we're approaching him in the wrong way at that point. The other note, too, is that these wise men bring their greatest gifts before the king. These are gifts that aren't necessarily fully useful to the uh, holy family at the time. I mean, Joseph being kind of a poor carpenter and Mary being a very young Israelite girl at the time. uh, Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, those might be the kind of gifts that you kind of, you know, try to figure out a way to ask for the gift receipt for without sounding like a jerk. I mean, those aren't immediately useful to a young family in this situation these gifts, maybe they don't fully make sense at the time, but they're offered freely, and they are used to show who Jesus is. The early church fathers often told of how the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh spoke to Jesus's trifold identity as priest, prophet, and king in the perfect way, that they show forth this glory of the Lord in myriad ways. They have different lenses through which they're showing the mission of Jesus. And so with us, we bring what we have before the Lord, and when we bring it in sincerity, we can be confident that God will do great things with the gifts that he's given us if we truly give them back to him wholeheartedly. So when we discern, it's important to bring this trustful, hopeful watchfulness that we listen to what it is that God's trying to tell us, that we offer ourselves fully, and that we put whatever we have into his hands, confident that, you know, even if there's some intermediary steps that we're not fully sure, that we continue along that journey, continue to walk by the light of his star, his guidance, and that we persevere in prayer, offering ourselves as best as we can. Until next time, a very blessed epiphany, stay in the state of grace, and God bless, friends.